Alright, so we'll do uh, today the Lakuta Sichas in the Chelik Yud Gimel, and this is the second Sicha for the portion of Baha Loischo. Uh, the Rebbe discusses here the whole concept of the idea of an Onov. It says Moshe was the most uh, biggest Onov, Onov Moid, from all people. What is exactly uh, the idea of an Onov? As the Rebbe explains, of course, a person knows that they have some advantages and greatness, so it's not like they um, uh, don't know, but yet they're humble. The Rebbe will also bring in, this is also a siyum, a mesach soita, which is also, there's a a very uh, strange say, statement saying over there, in where Rabbi Yossi says, well, he says, you know, there are still humble people, uh, look at me. So how does that really fit, uh, saying that, look at me, that you're humble, to say that, um, that that seems to be not humble. The Rebbe will explain there's actually two levels in humility. The Rebbe will also explain it in the terms of Kabbalah and Hasidus, but also in the simple terms. There is a humility which comes based on one's calculation and realizing that he doesn't really have that much to uh, brag about or to hold himself greater. Matter of fact, a person can calculate that somebody else with his qualities could probably achieve even greater uh, things than he has. And, uh, but the, there's another aspect to humility, which is an inherent humility, which is uh, the way the Rebbe is going to explain the various different discussion between uh, Rab Nachman and Rab Yosef, we'll see inside. But let's go inside. So this is Baalish Chabais, and this is also a siyum on Mesech Soita. So Al HaPosik, so this is a Posik in our Parsha, and uh, that's Perikid Beis, Posik Gimel. Um, so the Pasuk says, Vo'ish Moshe onov me'oid mikol ha'odom asher al p'nei ha'adoma. That Moshe, the man, was the most humblest people from all, the most humblest from all people that are on the face of the earth. The l'chayrei ne'muvan klal. Seemingly, this is at all not understood. Harehu she'kibel toirom isinai. We're going to enumerate Various different greatness about Moshe Rabbeinu. We know that Moshe Rabbeinu had, and here we're going to enumerate some of the most prestigious accomplishments and uh, privileges that Moshe Rabbeinu was afforded. He is the one that received the Torah from Sinai, which is HaKadosh Baruch Hu Torah. HaKadosh Baruch Hu taught him Torah Mem Yoyim Mem Laila for 40 days and 40 nights. On top of that, it just didn't just give, it just teach him, but v'nitna matona. It was given to him as a gift, as the Gemara says. And um, so that's something which is Gemara Nadori, but that's something which is makes him not just a recipient of Torah, but he got it as a, as, as a gift. Lifneza, before receiving the Torah, he did a lot of other fantastic things. He has taken the Jewish people out of the land of Egypt. And further, Baruch Baruch said to him, 
Bechoya minulayilo, begam bechoya minulayilo, that you too they will believe forever. So to believe in Moshe Rabbeinu forever. So those are very uh, special privileges and very special uh, holiness, which with with which Moshe Rabbeinu was imbued. Furthermore, he just says, It is just now in our parsha Lomadna, we learned that whenever he wanted, at any time that he wanted, he could speak with the divine. And then, When he appointed the 70 elders to help him out, so he heard that the Eivishter said, that from his spirit are going to separate some of his powers, some of his spirit to the 70 elders. But he would not be lacking anything. Another privilege that you give to 70 people and yet he remains fully intact. Just tells us a little bit about Moshe Rabbeinu. And Finally, the Rebbe brings down in the verse Moshe Rabbeinu was saying that he is carrying the Jewish people just like a nursing mother uh, carries a baby. So that means that Moshe Rabbeinu to the Yidden is like a mother to a baby. So that's how distinguished Moshe Rabbeinu was. And his value relative to all the people it's like a mother to the infant, etc. So the question is, How does it apply for him to be humble from all people that are on the ground, etc.? So, this all tells us, this paragraph the Rebbe spent telling us how great Moshe Rabbeinu really was. And the question is, being so great, how could he be the most humblest of all people? So, Mavur HaTirus, the Rebbe brings down the answer. This is from a mimer from the previous Rebbe. She'im, quoting, Even though Moshe knew his good, his level, that he is higher in advantage, more than all people, and yet he was humble from all people. But who, and that is, he knew that all the matters of his greatness, that with them he is higher in level and step than all people. That was given to him from above. The Choshav, and he thought, the Ilu Hoyu Elu Akoiches Eitzel Achar, had these powers been by another person, another individual, Hoyagamki Bimadrego Mailozu, he too would have been in that step and that level as Moshe Rabbeinu. That only says, that so far it only says that he figured the other person would be equal to him. But it doesn't make him yet humble in front of the other person. So he adds, the Efsher, it's possible, 
he said to himself, the Achar, another person, Im had he had these powers that Moshe was imbued with, he would have revealed those powers, those potentials even more. He would have developed them. So he would say, look, you know, he didn't think that he fully developed. Somebody else could have done a better job than him. And that's why he was humble in front of everybody. So that's the, that's the answer over here that we give. However, as the Rebbe points out, there's two parts to it. Um, one part is that it's not something that he should sort of feel pride because it's not his own. Hashem gave it to him. So it's not that he worked at it. It's gifts from Hashem. And the second step is that somebody else may have even done better than him. From the continuation of this explanation in the Mimer that the previous Rebbe gave is understood that the above mentioned meaning of that Moshe was humble is not different than the simple meaning. Because simply, it means humble means that you consider yourself uh, humble in front of the other person, not just that equal to the other person. So therefore, the Rebbe adds, it's not different than meaning that you feel yourself in a way smaller than the other person, less than the other person, and Asher Al-Kain, because the, Al- the Rebbe wants to explain that Anav means also that you feel yourself less than the other person. Asher Al-Kain, he doesn't satisfy, the previous Rebbe is not satisfied with the explanation. That he knew that all of his greatness is that which was given to him from above. That is only a reason why he shouldn't be feeling proud or haughty in his advantage over the other person. So while you're talented, the other person is not, the reason why you shouldn't be haughty about it is because it's not you, it's the Abish they're giving you. But the Rebbe doesn't stop over there. Umayisvi further adds, the Efsher, and it's possible, the Acharim, Hoyu, Lekoichis, Eilu, that had there been somebody else who had this power, Hoyu Megalas, Akoichis, Yosef, he would have revealed these powers, these strengths even more. Shezehu Tam, Hamechaiv, Hachno, Legabe Azulos. Now, this reason uh, is, uh, tells you or makes you be subdued, makes you feel less than the other person because you think that you haven't done such a good job, somebody else could have done better than, than, than you can. So this brings out in you a level of humility. That's why it's onov. Onov means a level of humility holding yourself smaller. But the Rebbe's problem is, yes, while one has talents and one has work to do, that goes in certain areas, but in certain areas, uh, a person gets a gift from Hashem. 
If Hashem chooses Moshe Rabbeinu to be a prophet and to give him this special godly mission of uh, of Moshe Rabbeinu being this leader, so over there it's not something that Moshe Rabbeinu can develop or not develop or somebody else could be better than him. The other person is not a leader. The other person is not a prophet. The Ebishter made Moshe Rabbeinu the prophet. And therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu has a part, something in Moshe Rabbeinu, which only Moshe Rabbeinu has. You can't say, well, if the other person had that talents, these are not, we're not talking about talents over here, we're not talking about developing any powers that you have, and therefore you can measure that another person can do better. We're talking about something unique, which Hashem has just bestowed it upon Moshe Rabbeinu. How could he be humble? And this was actually the main aspect of Moshe Rabbeinu was his prophecy. This is not something which Moshe Rabbeinu can be humble, it would seem. So what does it mean, uh, really, in this aspect of it, that Moshe Rabbeinu was humble? And mentioned earlier, the Rebbe, in the end of the Sikha, the Rebbe will explain that there is a level of humility that comes because of a calculated humility, which means that you realize that maybe another person would be better than you, but there's also a hum- humility in essence, which was Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay, but let's look inside the question. But based on this, we need to understand. What was the main advantage? The main greatness of Moshe relative to all people, that are on the face of the earth, that is in the matter, in the subject matter of Nevuah, of prophecy. As it's uh, explained, articulated in our Parsha, the great advantage of the prophecy of Moshe Rabbeinu, to the extent that there has not stood up another prophet by Israel like Moshe. So that level prophecy is not a matter which comes through work of the human. But rather that is a advantage, a greatness, and a step, a revealed step, which is given from above. And on this we cannot say that another person would have revealed those strength, those potentials more, because it's Hashem gave you it. Hashem didn't give it to any, any, uh, anybody else. So how come why was Moshe very humble? Mikol ha'odom from all men. B'shoh at the time in his main aspect. Yes, in other areas he can say somebody else could have done better than him. But in his main aspect that he was a prophet, he was higher than all people. How could it be you humble over there? And the Rebbe and the Ha'oris over here discusses even though that the Gemara says that humility comes also through various different levels. So, But the Rebbe, in the end of the day, the Rebbe argues that uh, this is a gift from Hashem to be a Novi. Other aspects may interfere, like if you don't develop other characteristics of the Gemara Nidorim, he brings down over here. But 
The bottom line is, this is something which Hashem gives. You can't say somebody else would do better than you. How could Moshe Rabbeinu be an honor? And now the, Gemara, the Rebbe is going to go away in Oiz Beis, asking several questions in the end of the tractate of uh, Saita. So over there, so the Rebbe says like that, over there, uh, the Mishnah talks about, you know, the unfortunate uh, situation that the spiritual level, as the generations have gone down, has deteriorated. And the Mishnah goes through there and, and uh, enumerates the various different things that were lost. So one of the things that the Mishnah says over there, that we're quoting now there, so over there in the Mishnah it says, that 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 once Rebbe passed away, now Rebbe was the author of the Mishnah, right? So, in the, the but the Mishnah quotes that after the death of Rebbe, uh, there is no longer humility, no longer anava, and there is no longer yiraschet, there is no longer fear of sin. This has vanished, is no longer there. So the Gemara Shom, so the Gemara over there, so there was somebody who was teaching this Mishnah, and he was teaching the Mishnah to Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yosef, and Rabbi Nachman. So when he heard these statements of the Mishnah, Amar lei Rabbi Yosef letana. So Rabbi Yosef says to the Tana, Leitisni anovo, the Ikoano. Do not learn humility. Do not learn humility, which means don't read in the Mishnah that says that there's no more humility. Don't read it, the Ikano, because there is I. Now, of course, the first question the Rebbe will ask soon how could you say about yourself bragging about your humility? That doesn't seem to be too humble. So, but he says, like this novo, the ikano. That's what Rabbi Yosi said. Then Rabbi Nachman said to the Tana, Don't learn that there is no longer fear of sin because there is art. So he says, So we need to understand really. Um, this statement over here. Now, the assumption is that both that Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Nachman, they are convinced. It's not like Rabbi Yosef happened to be a very humble person, and Rabbi Nachman happens to be a very big Yerechet. That was, those were facts. So, but Rabbi Yosef, he only discussed the fact that he was an Onof. He did not discuss the fact that Rabbi Nachman was Yerei Chet. And the same thing as Rabbi Nachman only discussed the fact that he was a Yerei Chet. And he didn't discuss the fact that Rabbi Yosef was an Onof. 
Now the question is, why is everybody only saying it about themselves and not also about the other person? If it's independently true that Rabbi Yosef was an Onov and that Rabbi Nachman was a Yerecheit, so Rabbi Yosef should have said both. Don't say Anova was nullified, bottle. Don't say Yerecheit was bottlefied, because there is me and Rabbi Nachman. And the same thing Rabbi Nachman should say both of them. How come Rabbi Yosef only said Anova and Rabbi Nachman only said Yerecheit? We'll see, because it means that there is actually different levels in the understanding of the Mishnah, what Anova is. But we'll see later. So, so the first thing the Rebbe says, we have to understand. Aleph. Rabbi Yosef and Nachman were in one generation. Which means they knew of each other. And if Rabbi Yosef was a Onov and Rabbi Nachman was a Yerichet, they knew about it. Because the Rebbe said, well, Maybe Rabbi Yosef only knew that he was an honor, but he didn't know about that Rabbi Nachman was Yerechet. Maybe Rabbi Nachman only knew the Yerechet. But Rabbi says, no. It, it makes sense. That each one of them recognized the greatness, the specialty, the advantage of the other person. So Rabbi Yosef knew who Rabbi Nachman, and Rabbi Nachman knew who Rabbi Yosef. And we find that in the Gemoshim at Sinu, like we find, for example, quoting from one Gemara, Amar al-Rab Nachman, that Sherab Yesuf, Amar al-Rab Nachman, Rab Yesuf said about Rab Nachman, Darshinu l'hanikroi kisinai. He expounded these verses like somebody who's an expert with a knowledgeable person. So we see that Rab Yesuf had a good grasp about Rab Nachman, what he can do. And Rab Nachman kores Rabbi Yesuf b'shem Sinai. And Rabbi Nachman would refer, called Rabbi Yehoshish in the name of Sinai. So that means that they knew each other's greatness. So Bim Cain, and if so, Lo Manokat Kolechad, why did each one of them just mention Mehem Mailas Atzmei Bilvad? Only their own advantage. They shouldn't say, why did not they not say to the Tana, the one who was teaching the Mishnah, Instead of just saying one thing, their own thing, they should have both said, like, Tisnas call Hababa. Don't listen to the entire, don't teach this entire sentence, this entire case of Botla Nova Virashet. You say that there is no more, that Mishameis Rebbe, there is no more humility, there is no more Yerachet. Because they do have these Milas. So Rabbi Yesuf could have said about him and Rabbi Nachman could have said it about himself and Rabbi Yesuf. Now, it's, it's, if a person is talking about their own advantages, if the person is talking about his own advantages, how much more so that he should speak and publicize the advantage of his friend? So that's the first question. Why did each one only say about their own, our own level? And that's going to point that there is, in, within Amnova, there are different levels, and they had a miss. They 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 differed what the Mishnah was talking about when it said Anova, but it wasn't just one level in Anova. That's what we're we're heading at. It's going to be later on. Base. Uh, so, 
Okay, but the bottom line is, it seems like, it seems like, the, the fact that uh, Rabbi Yosef, for example, says, don't teach humility because there is I, but he had no objection to Yerechet, right? He says, that's fine, because there is no more Yerechet. The same thing is the reverse. When Rabbi Nachman says, that don't teach, don't say in the Mishnah that there's no fear of sin. Uh, he's saying only fear of sin, but there is, uh, it's correct to say that there's no more humility. So, Rabbi Nachman is essentially saying, while there is no humility, but you can't say Yerushchev because I'm a Yerushchev. The Rebbe is going to ask, how could there be Yerushchev if there's no Anova, because we learn in the Mishnah, in the Braise, that without uh, humility, there can't be fear of sin. So, since he agrees with the Mishnah, seems Rab Nachman, that there is no more humility, because he says the only thing is, don't say Yerushchet. How could it be Yerushchet if there's no humility, if the Braise says that in order to get to Yerechet, you must have humility. Base, let's look inside. Since each one said, don't learn the botlo. He says that it's only nullified. Which Rebbe quoted, they both were nullified. But he said, no, it's only bottle only with regards to one uh, advantage. Doesn't say they're not saying. Well, this whole sentence that he said that there is no yiruschet, there is no anovit. He didn't say that that's not true. That there is both. So that means to say that each one of them holds that yes, that while their only issue, they're only challenging one part of the Mishnah, the other part is correct. So which means that they agree with the Mishnah that the second one was bottled. So which means, according to Rabbi Yosef, who says that it remained, uh, that there remained Anova, but Yerechet Rabbi Yosef has been nullified, and Vanova Rabbi Nachman has been nullified. That's why he's only taking issues, only objecting to what it says, that there's no more Yerechet. But how could Rabbi Nachman say, that he could agree that there is no humility, and still there should be rechet. The Mishnah don't learn that there is no rechet because there is rechet. But we learned in Abraise of Rapinchas ben Yoyer that Anova maybe reveal the rechet. It is humility that brings a person to fear of sin. Behindu, that is shall yidei Anova, that when you have humility. Then you come to a greater measure, a greater level, a higher characteristic trait, which is Yerushchet, which would be fear of sin. Because that's why you need the Anova as an introduction before you get Yerushchet. So we have a question, the question of Rav Nachman. How is it possible? That the lesser greatness, which is Anova, 
which he doesn't object to the Mishnah. B'teila Mishmei Sarebi. Once Rebbe died, that has become nullified. But B'shoa, at the same time, Sha'amayla Chashuve Mimenu, the greater level, Yerashet Leibotla, that has not been. He says, I am a Yerechet. How could he be a Yerechet if he agrees that there is no, uh, there is no Anova, and in order to be a Yerechet, you need Anova Vilechet. So that's the issue that uh, the question that the Rebbe has on Rav Nachbar. Now the Rebbe is going to go into now a uh, a side point over here in Oiz Gimel before he's going to answer this question in Oiz Dalet. The Rebbe says, you know, maybe this this point that we're asking over here about um, how could there be uh, no anova, but yet be yerechet. That's based on because we're saying that yerechet is a greater level than anova. So, if you have yerechet, we must have anova. But there is actually a possibility that that itself is a is is a debate. It's not so clear. Maybe there's another statement, the Yerushalmi statement, which says just the opposite, that it's Yirei Chet that brings to Anova. Then we don't have a question, because that means that what Rav Nachman says, I'm a Yirei Chet, and yet there's no Anova, because Yirei Chet, according to the Yerushalmi, would be in a lesser level. And then we would have to say, maybe, we'll say, um, that what is the uh, basis for the disagreement is uh, what is greater between Rabbi Nachman and Rabbi Yaisi is which one is the greater one and, um, and, and that's why according to uh, Rabbi Yaisi the greater one which is uh, the level of uh, which is like Rabbi Yaisi just says now he says that was bottle, but another remained the lesser one. But according to Rabbi Nachman, it's the reverse. Uh, the greater one would be another, not like we quoted for like the Yerushalmi, and um, that is that is gone. Another is gone, but still it remained Yerechet. Maybe we'll say the Machloike, but the Rebbe says that's doesn't really. Uh, it's not really Mistaber, as the Rebbe will say. Let's look inside. Gimel. L'chayra. The Rebbe says, It would seem that we would be able to answer Maybe Rabbi Nachman goes in the view of Rabbi Yishuv ben Levi He taka holds, Rabbi Yishuv ben Levi holds that humility is greater than Yerushchayt, and therefore, he says, Yerushchayt, I am, but there's no another. That would work. And that would be, and this would be like the view of the Yerushalmi in Shkolim, according to the version of Toysus, the Yerushalmi writes there, plain, he says it 
בסתם דצ'יירס חית מביא לדענובה. קוידמוס מביא לדענובה. That means that fear of heaven So this is according to the Girsas Hatoisus, Shayiras Chet Kedemes Umevil de Anova. So that Yiras Chet is actually what brings to Anova. That's why it's okay that Rabbi Nachman holds Shanova Betelo, that the humility has been bottled because that's the higher level, according to Rabbi Shuban Levi. But the level of fear of sin, which is less, has not been bottled. So now we're going to say Shapluktas Rab Yosef Rab Nachman, the disagreement between Rab Yosef and Rab Nachman, whether Leitisni Anova, we should only, because this will answer the both questions, because before we asked the question, how come they didn't count each others, and how come, uh, how could Rab Nachman say, uh, that there is no Yirei Chet, and still, uh, I mean, that there is Yirei Chet, that there is no Anova, because according to this, this itself is the Machloikis, which is greater. So what's the Machloikis of Rabbi Yisrael Nachman? Tisni Anova, whether we say we object to Anova in the, in the Mishnah, Oi, Leitisni or we object to Yiraschet. In other words, whether we're saying what remained, Yiraschet, or another remained, will depend what is the lower level. If Yiraschet is the lower level, that is according to Rav Nachman. And according to Rav Yosef, another is the lower level. And that's why that is what remained. And they disagree that it's bottled. So that's Lui Machlekes now. This hinges on this above Machlekes. Rabbi Yisuf, the Koama Sheyiras Chet Botla V'Loi Anova. Rabbi Yisuf, who says that fear of heaven is no longer, he agrees with the Mishnah, but Anova, he says, is still here. Haynu Mishum Desvirale Sheyiras Chet Gedolim Anova. It is because he holds that fear of sin is greater than humility. And on the other hand, Rabbi Nachman, the Koama Shabbatei Larak Anova. He agrees with the Mishnah that only Anova, but he says, Loi Tisna Yerechet, because I'm Yerechet. Svirulele Hepech, he holds the opposite. Shanova Nailis Yosem Yerechet. That Anova is greater than fear of sin. And therefore, he says, there is no Anova. He doesn't dispute the Mishnah, but Anova. But yet, he says, A Yerechet there is. So that would be a way of answering. But the Rebbe says, Avakosha Lemerkein. But it's difficult to say so. Number one, Aleph, the Rebbe says, never saw anybody to hinge the Machloikis of Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Nachman on the two opinions, whether Anova brings to the Reichet or Yerechet brings to Anova. And the Rebbe says, well, I never didn't see, it doesn't mean that it's not there. He says, even though when a person says, oh, I haven't seen it, it doesn't mean that it's not there, but yet because of still, nowhere did they, nobody slipped, nobody said anywhere, Shrab Yosef, Rab Nachman, Rab Nachman, Pligi, are disagreement with Lukta in an argument, in an argument that 
those who preceded them have already disagreed. So when this is a disagreement between the Pichas ben Yoyer and the Braisa and the um, and, and, and the Yerushalmi of Shkolim of Rabbi Yishuv ben Levi. Uh, but this comes out that they're doing the same achloikis. We don't find that. And then the Rebbe said that this would go in general against the grain of it. Uh, which means that Rav Nachman is usually more associated with Babel. And Rabbi Yosef is more associated with Sinai. And according to this, it will be just the opposite. So let's look inside. Matsinu, we find that Rav Nachman He was considered of the Hasidim, of the righteous people of Babel. So that means that he had some association to Babel. But Yosef, he was Hoyosina. His he was mainly a a very uh, bucky, not so much questions and answer, but rather uh, a lot of old information like Sinai. That is actually the order, the way they learn in Eretz Yisrael. So Lefi Hanal, but based on the above explanation, Harehu. It turns out that it's switched. Rabbi Yosef, this who holds that only Yerechet is Botlo because he's only objecting to Anova. And Rabbi Yosef is what? We say he's usually like Yerushalmi. So, Nokad Beshita Sababli. He goes now in the uh, view of the Babli. Because. Uh, the Babli holds that the Anova is greater. So he's going to go like the Babli, that Anova is greater. And um, and, and, and while Yerechet is Batla, but there still could be Anova. That's what Rabbi Yisuf, that's what the view of the Babli. And Rabbi Nachman, and on the other hand, Rabbi Nachman, the Sovar, Sharak Anova Batla, he holds only another's butler because he doesn't disagree with that. And uh, and he's just objecting. He says, the is still there. He goes like the Yerushalmi who says, Yerushalmi, that we brought down now from Toysavis over there. And Ramachman himself is from the Hasid Bavel. He goes like the view of the Yerushalmi. So that's not a uh, absolute question. So what? I mean... Rab Nachman can be Chassidic Bavel, and he can, uh, and he can still go like the view of the Rishami in that, in that, uh, like Rabbi Shub and Levi, and Rabbi Yosef can be from the Chassidic Bavel. That's not an absolute move on. She'ain hechrech loimar. It's understood. We don't have to say she'shitas limudish shall Rabbi Yosef be Yosef Sinai that the 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 the, the view. Of the learning of Rabbi Yosi, because he's Sinai, he loyelim lefi Yerushalmi. He's always going to go like Yerushalmi. Veshitas Rabbi Nachman and Rabbi Nachman's view, who was the Chassidic Babel, kula lefi Ababli has to all go with the Babli, and he can't hold like Yerushalmi. Sharishneim hoyu Babel because they were both in Babel. So Abali idach gisa, but so while we don't have to say that, and therefore that wouldn't be a problem. Doichik Loimar, it's a 
squeeze to say that their disagreement should be in a way to have the opposite view between Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Nachman. Okay, so we'll do Ois Dalit. So the Rebbe is going to bring out over here uh, the concept uh, that one knows of their greatness and yet they're an onov, as the Rebbe is going to elaborate what he brought out at the beginning of the Sikha, but to elaborate this that the Gemara talks about Rabbi Yosef, and Rabbi Yosef says himself that he is an onov, basically. He says, don't read in the Mishnah that there's no more anova. I am an onov. How does that fit with the being an onov by knowing your level. The Rebbe is basically going to explain that the meaning of onov does not mean uh, that you don't know your level. All what it means, as the Rebbe brought out earlier, also, all what it means is that you're not giving yourself credit for it. And not only you don't give yourself credit, but you think that somebody else would do better. Let's look inside. Dalit. So, Vayuvan Zeh so we'll understand the question that we asked before. Uh, why did Rabbi Yosef only say uh, that there is no anova? And uh, he didn't address the Rechait about... about uh, it was one of the questions. And why did Rabbi Nachman not address the anova of Rabbi Yosef? In other words, they agreed with the Mishnah. Besides, Rabbi Yosef's thought that Anov still is himself, but he didn't disagree with the Mishnah about Yerechet saying about Rav Nachman. The same thing, Rav Nachman disagreed with the Mishnah, or he said Loitisne, that there is Yerechet, but he didn't say about Rav Yosef. So we're going to explain that by first introducing Akushya Aidua, the known question Yosef in the statement of Rav Yosef. What does he say? Loitisne Anovo di Ikano. Don't learn in the Mishnah. Mishameis Rebbe, it says over there, Botla Anovo. So he says, Loitisne Anovo. Don't say that there is no more Anovo. The Ikano, because there is I. So the question is, that known question is, This alone that the Rabbi Yosef is praising himself, that he has the characteristic of Anovo. Rashi, as Rashi says, Shani Anvinson, what does it mean there is I? Because I am an Anov. That seems to be the opposite of Anova. So what is the meaning of this? The meaning of Anov is not like the world thinks. In other words, the general uh, assumption is Anov means, the interpretation is that the person comes from the meaning, the interpretation of Anov means a low, you know, holding yourself low, small. Anova doesn't mean that he person is low, that he feels himself that he's low. Because really, what is what is Shiflus? Umashi Yedeya Umakid Erkay. 
low means that a person is low, means that he knows, he recognizes his value, and his lowness, that he's a low person, he's a low amongst people. That is somebody who is in truth uh, removed from any advantages. Sometimes a person can consider himself low, he really is not so low like he thinks, but they're not known to him. But the meaning of shiflus would mean that the person considers themselves to be low on a low level. But that is not what anova is. Anova doesn't mean that you think that you're low. Ulam be'emesu but what is a true anova, a true humble person? Just as we explained earlier, by the measure of humility that was by Moshe, Ish Hamailis, that he was a man of great advantages. And he knows and he recognizes his value. And Notwithstanding that, together with knowing his greatness, he doesn't brag or doesn't uh, make himself, he's not arrogant with them at all and at all. And he doesn't consider that a benefit for himself. He doesn't take credit for that. And the reason is, commission is as explained earlier in Sif Aleph. Because he knows, he has, he, he understands that these powers and these uh, qualities, the elevated qualities, of his kulam they were all given to him from Hashem. So first of all, he knows that it's not his, so he doesn't brag, he doesn't take credit for them. He also makes a calculation by himself. Had they been by somebody else, then he would also be in this level. The Efsher, and then there's even a possibility. Maybe if another person had these strengths, maybe he would have revealed the powers even more. So therefore, the same explanation is, when Rabbi Yaisi was talking about his humility, it didn't make him, he knew his level, he knew that he was a, a, a humble person. That doesn't take away from humility, because his humility is not a result of credit for himself, but his humility is a... Uh, a recognition of what he truly was, but not that it's a um, not that it's it's something that's like bragging. So we'll still explain. The Rebbe says like this. So this we can also say the same advantage of being an onov, just like in any other mile that an onov has. It doesn't mean that he doesn't know that he has it, but it only means that he doesn't consider that his own uh, doing, and he doesn't take credit for it, 
anything somebody else would have more. The same thing is with the uh, advantage of humility itself. The Rabbi Yisrael. He knew his advantage in his humility. And yet, he did not take credit. He didn't hold this as a benefit for himself. He didn't take credit. And on the contrary, he thought, had his strength and his uh, capabilities, his qualities, been given to another person, Efshir perhaps, which was very possible, the other person would reach a level of humility that would be greater than the one that he has, the level of anova that he has. So, saying that one is recognizing that he's anova just means that he knows the truth, which he is, but it does not mean that he's becoming haughty or giving himself credit for this anova. And the Rebbe is going to mention, there's two other statements now the Rebbe is going to explain here, that Rabbi Yosef spoke of himself in a seemingly uh, praising himself in a way, but there too the Rebbe explains that those were qualities that were true, but on the contrary, it doesn't express his own greatness, but rather... It expresses, in a way, his humility that, notwithstanding the great qualities, he didn't take credit for them. The Rebbe quotes not like this. He says about himself that he lots of grain in the power of the ox. It's the matter. It's a Gemara in Sanhedrin, So what what happens over here is uh, that when an ox plows the ground, you get a lot of grain. It seems like Rabbi Yisif is giving credit to himself. He's saying there is a lot of grain that comes out from the power of the ox. I mean, he calls himself the power of the ox, and he says that there's a lot of grain. It seems like he's praising himself, which would be uh, contradictory to the level of humility. So how is he humble and still praising himself like that? Because actually, it's kemoi she harav tvuis, einam boys v'tzem Just like these lots of grains, they do not grow. It's not the ox that makes them grow. These uh, uh, all the uh, all, all the uh, growth that you get, it's not the ox. Elam in koyach atzemech shavoritz. It's the power of growth that's in the ground which makes them grow. Through the seed that was sown in the ground, and the it's only a means, it's only a middle, a middle, uh, a middle, a middle aspect. It's, it's, it's only a, a, a tool uh he, through the power of the ox, he comes, it comes to fruition, it comes into actuality, the power that the earth has to grow, and it grows lots of grain. So who is growing the grain? It's not the ox, it's the... Uh, earth that making everything grow. So when he says that the raft was 
He's not giving the ox the credit. The ox is only a means, an intermediary to have the earth give its strength. And so, so that would be, um, so that would be not a uh, an expression of haughtiness, but that would be an expression of the powers that the Eibushter gave him to help bring out what the gift that's in the ground. His own gifts was because of the powers that the Eibushter bestowed upon him, but they're not his. They are the orets. They belong to the gift that Hashem has given him. Rabbi Yosef Al-Atzmai, there's another statement Rabbi Yosef about himself. That he has in his hands bundles of Mishnah, meaning that he has a lot of Mishnah by himself, which would called Morachitaya, the master of the wheat, which means he has a whole lot. So he's only a intermediary, he's only that through him come into actuality the powers that have been given him from above are only manifest itself uh, through what he did but he doesn't take credit for himself he doesn't take credit for himself in Oisei the Rebbe is going to explain and here is um, the key to understanding all this is um, all what we're saying is that the person doesn't take any credit for themselves we're saying that Rabbi Yosef, being a, a humble person, being a onov, uh, he knows that he's an onov, he knows his greatness, but he doesn't take credit for himself. It doesn't make him haughty, he doesn't make him feel uh, pride or greater than anybody. He's just accepting and realizing that he has a level, but he gives credit to Hashem. But sometimes... It's impossible to give, it seems, to give credit. Sometimes a person works really hard and they really achieve greatness through their hard work. How could you say that they're not going to take credit for it? But that's not... If you say, let's say, for example, you have a talent, God made you smart. So you're going to say, okay, you know, that's something that I was given. I, I didn't make myself smart. Uh, just like the other person is not smart, that's what Hashem gave him. But then you have a certain level that you work like with the gifts that Hashem gave you. Hashem made you smart. And then you built it up to a level which you invested that is goes beyond what you have actually been given. But it's something that you developed yourself. How is one going to be humble and going to say, well, if somebody would have gotten that, that's not something that you get. That's something that you develop. How could somebody be humble that? We find that um, a person who learns Torah, uh, so then the Torah that a person learns later on, it saves him and protects him uh, from sin. So the question is, uh, how does one... Uh, uh, Rabbi Yosef, quoting also this in the Gemara, the Rebbe in the references, uh, a statement of Rabbi Yosef in Soito Chafal from But the question is this level of taking the Torah and making sure 
that he's not going to sin, that seems to be a quality that the Rabbi Yosef has to develop on his own. The Eberster didn't give in the Torah, the Torah he has talents, but that has to be developed. Let's look inside. Achadayin ain't a movement, it's still not understood. The Torah that you learn is what saves you from the Yetzir Hara. That he should not stumble the person to sin. But this particular advantage that he didn't sin, that he all of the Torah he learned, that he was a person who was protected, who was guarded from sin, thus does not come from the powers that have given him from above. And he explains, because the talents that Hashem gives him only provide the capability, the possibility, they allow the person to reach to the level of a Sinai in knowledge that he'll know all the Torah. That happens through what the Eivishter gives him. However, it's not that they are the ones that actually do that the person should be protected from sin. The level that a person is protected from sin, that has to do with the actual developing and learning and bringing about that potential into actuality, which brings him about that he should have no sin. So, therefore, how does that come? How does a person become protected from sin that has to do with his service? Because he learned, worked hard, and you had the potential that your learning will be accomplished, that you can accomplish, but you ended up learning, and you became a Sinai. So, Vim Cain, and if so, Eichoye Rabbi Yosef Onov, so how could he really be humble? Bisho sheyoda shebekoya chaveidosoy nisale lesug odom hashomer minachet. When he knows that because of his hard work, and that is what brought about that he is a person that is protected from sin, uh, was something because he utilized all of his koiches, and that brought him into a higher level, a person that protected from, from, from sin. That brought him to that higher level. To demonstrate this point, that the person knows, and he's not going to make a, uh, a mistake, so that it has to be within reason. So when we're saying that you're humble, but you still have to recognize uh, that there are certain things that you do yourself because the Rebbe brings here like an extreme uh, case. We don't say that not only should you be an honor from all people, but all the animals. Why not? Why don't we say had the animal had the powers she would reveal more of this koiches. And the answer is, we don't say that because the person knows that they are on a different level than a behemoth. We don't need, it's not shaykhs to feel yourself inferior or not inferior or lower than a, 
animal because you know that you're higher than another animal. That's not shaykhs. You can't apply and say, oh, I'm going to be humble for an animal. So you can't be humble when you're in a different category, when you know that there is something that you achieved. And this level of Shavu Menachet is what you achieved. How could we say that you are uh, still humble? How could Rabbi Yisrael be humble? Because what the Rebbe is explaining over here is that the, um, the fact that a person doesn't sin is not something which he achieved and made him into a greater person. It's sort of the Torah protects him. You can't call that, even though you're protected from a sin, that doesn't mean that you're on a higher level, which you can take, you know, which you recognize that you have worked hard to achieve that. The reason you're protected is because of the Torah you learn. And that Torah is the Ebesh that gave it to you, the Koiches for that. So we can say, This, that study of Torah protects you from sin, according to Rabbi Yosef. It doesn't mean the Torah is studied in such a great level. So it makes a change in the one who studies. So now, oh, Rabbi Yosef, who studied in such a great way, he became a Shomimunachet, he's protected from sin, and now he's a great person. That he himself has been elevated to such a step, to such a level, that he's no longer connected to sin. What it means is that the person himself, based on his level, he is not guaranteed that he's going to be saved from sin. So it means the person is no change. It's the Torah that saves him. So it's not me. Then it's taka not me. That's an advantage. That's a great thing that the person is not sinning. But it's not him. It's the Torah that's protecting him. She, the Torah is protecting him and saving him from sin. And therefore, just like the Torah itself, that the Torah of learned didn't make him hardy, didn't bring him to taking himself credit for himself. And then he calls about himself lots of grain in the power of the ox, which means that it's the grain, it's the earth which makes everything grow. As mentioned earlier, he also did not consider this as a credit to himself. Also to the fact that he was distant himself from the sin, that the Torah protected because even that aspect of himself, that he was not sinning, that is only a uh, result and a continuation of the Torah that he studied. And not that he is now in a category of a great person. So Okay, so now the Rebbe addressed basically the both aspects of humility and Yerushchet. And basically the Rebbe said that Rabbi Yosef had both. He had the level of humility 
and he had the level of Yerushchait. But the Rebbe said that Rabbi Yosef, knowing that he was a Yerushchait, knowing that the Torah is Matzila or Matzla, he didn't take he didn't take it as his own credit, and therefore he could still remain humble. He could still remain an honor because he didn't think that it's something which is his. He thought the Torah makes him a Yerechet, but it's not his. But here is where Rab Nachman saw things differently. Rab Nachman thought that that level was achieved by Rab Yosef. That was actually Rab Yosef. So he thought Rab Yosef could not be an Onov. He couldn't say Rab Yosef an Onov. How could Rab Yosef possibly be an Onov when he has such great quality of Yerechet? Based on the above, we can explain. Masha Rab Nachman, Omar. This Rab Nachman said, How come he says, only don't learn in the Mishnah, but fear of heaven. In other words, we still have fear of sin today. So why didn't he say about Rabbi Yosef? But according to the view of Rabbi Nachman, there is no humility today. He agrees with the Mishnah. Either is Rabbi Yosef. Even though Rabbi Nachman recognized and knew the greatness and the humility of Rabbi Yosef, because Rabbi Nachman because Rabbi Nachman disagrees, and Rabbi Yosef is sovereign, he holds. Shalimud Hatoira Poil Shinui Beodom Halunda that the study of Torah changes and makes a change in the person that studies. To the extent that he's not connected to sin. So he believed that the advantage of Rabbi Yosef was that he, he saw a greatness. Rabbi Yosef could not be an honor. So the reason why Rabbi Nachman didn't say honor about Rabbi Yosef because he didn't think that Rabbi Yosef can possibly be an honor because of his greatness. Because how could Rabbi Yosef be an honor when he's on such a high madrega that he's a Shomer Matzl Menachet? He's such a way he, he can't be an honor. That's a good. But how could Rabbi Yosef be an honor? Rabbi Yosef didn't think that that level of Yerachet has to do doesn't describe him. It describes his Torah. And the Torah is Rav Tuvuz B'Koyach Shoyer. That need not his strength. And in a similar way, the Rebbe is going to uh, turn around the idea, why did Rabbi Yosef not see the advantage of Rabbi Nachman as a Yerei Chait? But because he didn't see, notwithstanding Rabbi Nachman was a Yerei Chait, because he didn't see that as a quality that Rabbi Nachman actually earned himself as a Yerechet, he thought that that comes like from an outside force, and he didn't say it. Vav. This is in the uh, Vav in the bracket, because this Rabbi is adding that a similar way, we can also answer Gam Masher Rabbi Yosef Omar Litane, that why did Rabbi Yosef not say to the Tane, so how come he didn't say don't say why did not Rabbi Yosef object to that it says there's no longer and he agreed there's no longer when there was Rabbi Nachman over there so the, so the Rebbe brings down that 
The Gemara relates the Eimah that Rab Nachman Bar Yitzchok, that the mother of Nachman Yitzchok, Amri Le Kaldoi. The Kaldoi is the Chayzim Bekechovim. Those are the stargazers, so they can see the future, like the fortune tellers. They say Berich Gan Vahava. Your son is going to be a thief. So therefore, so what did she do? Loi Shavakte Giluye Reisha. She didn't allow him to uncover his head. For Amri Le, she said to him Kasi Reishach. Cover your head, so there shall be upon you the fear of the heavens. And ask for mercy, as Bakish uh, Racham, the Rebbe quotes here from the uh, Rashi over there, that ask Hashem for mercy, that the Yitzhara should not dominate you. Then it says, One time when the covering fell off his head. Alma Yitzrichul, his Yitzr overpowered him. So we see that there was a a very strong force, as the stargazer says in Rabbi Nachman, but it was the covering that protected him. So, therefore, when we talk about the idea and the advantage of a person who fears sin, we're not, it doesn't uh, amount to the fact that he doesn't literally do a sin. Because a person doesn't sin, that's possible. Maybe he's afraid of punishment. Maybe because he's afraid of his master, who is a human being. Uh, so sometimes uh, a person doesn't sin, not because inherently he's afraid of a sin. He's afraid because of all outside. Ki'im, really, what does it mean? He fears from the sin. Yore means midrash believe. He has a fear in his heart. To violate, to transgress the will of Hashem. That means Yerechet. But in this case, what was the fear of Rav Nachman? Kosova Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef holds. Since how did that take place? That was covering his head and davening. That made him into a rechid. Then this is not a concept of really fearing the sin in essence in his heart. On the contrary, he's not a rechid. The covering of the head needs to create every time a nude, all the time he needs to have the head covered to protect him. It's not a feeling in his heart that he's afraid of the sin. As soon as the head goes, cover goes off, we see the Gemara that he goes on. So we need that Aimsa, the Shmaya, that they have the fear of heaven. So he's, you know, but he's not afraid of the sin. And even in that case, he needed to ask. It's not still fearing a sin. You can still have the Yitzhara dominate you. And we still need to ask for compassion. So therefore, through this covering of the head and through the tefillah, so it's not a change in Rav Nachman. So he should be called Yerechet. Oh, what it means that he was protected from doing the sin. So therefore, Rabbi Yosef couldn't say about Rabbi Nachman that he's a rechet, 
Not that he disagreed that he didn't do any sins. He didn't think that that was a characteristic that you can describe Reb Nachman by himself. And this is Valderech Shitas Reb Yosef Hanal Bepulas Hatoyro, and this is similar to Reb Yosef's view. Why, why didn't he give himself credit in the effect of Toyra that he himself holds that he is hum, humble? So the Rebbe broke the, the, the Rebbe said before, Shematzila Masi Yisachet. It's the Torah that protects you from doing a sin. It's not your quality. And therefore, thinking of knowing that he is a Shomer Menachet did not take away from his humility because he didn't give himself credit for that. He thought that's credit for the Torah, not credit to him. And similar way, he didn't give Rab Nachman credit for being a Reichet because he didn't think that it's him. He thought that this was outside forces. It was his yamaka, his Zdavning, but he didn't fear, he didn't have a uh, 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 an emotion in his heart from this sin. In Oiz Zion, the Rebbe is going to bring another source in the Gemara in which we find a similar disagreement between Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Nachman. The way the Rebbe explained earlier in the Sicha, the reason why Rabbi Nachman did not consider Rabbi Yosef an Onof, because according to Rabbi Nachman, Rabbi Yosef could not be an Onof. Why? Because he learned that the study of Torah that Rabbi Nachman studied, that Rabbi Yosef studied, actually changed him around and brought him to a level which he cannot do any sins. So since Rab Nachman thought that Rab Yosef was changed around by his study of Torah, that is something that he should take credit for. He can't say somebody else would have done just as good as him or better than him. But this is something which changed him around through his service, through his hard work, changed him into a person who now cannot do any sin. So if he's on that level, then how could he be modest? Modest means that you think that, or in this case, thinks that uh, another means that somebody else would have done better than you with your given qualities, but that he changed himself wasn't given qualities. That was something that he worked very hard on, and he takes credit for that. But he believes that that is actually a change in the person that Rabbi Nachman believes, and therefore he doesn't think that Rabbi Yosef is an onov. He couldn't be an onov. But on the other hand, Rabbi Yosef didn't take it that he changed, that there was a change. In Rabbi Yosef, why did Rabbi Yosef think that he was an Onov? He, just Rabbi Yosef thought, even this level, that he doesn't do sin, just like the study of Torah was given to him as a gift from Hashem, that's a special quality that he was gifted. The same thing he thought applies to the fact that he doesn't do a sin that he's saved from the Yetzirah. So it turns out 
that the question is, does Rabbi Yais, does the Torah that you learn change the person so that the person becomes a different person? Or we're going to say, no, 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 that doesn't change the person. It's the Torah that is sort of stopping him from doing sin. That's what the Rebbe explained before. And the Rebbe actually in Oizvav took us the same concept the Rebbe explained why Rabbi Yosef did not think that Rabbi Nachman was a Yerechet, the Rebbe explained, was that he believed that he didn't do any sins, but he didn't believe that he changed because he needed always to uh, wear his yarmulke, he needed always to ask for mercy. So again, what's the key of this uh, difference over here? According to Rabbi Yosef, this is not a change in the person. His Torah did not change him. And he didn't believe also that Rabbi Nachman was changed. But Rabbi Nachman, on the other hand, believes that this is a change that they are getting credit for. That's why he says he's a Yerechet, and that's why he doesn't consider Rabbi Yesi for an Onov, because he says that, that that is a quality. There's a totally different halacha in which we will see, because actually in the olden days, people didn't have, like we have today, bathrooms with toilets and all these things. People would have a bucket in their house, and that's what they would use over there. And there is an issue about, you have to say uh, words of Torah, you have to daven, uh, or mainly the reading of the Shema. You can't do it in front of a, of, of, of a bucket. And there's an issue uh, in order to uh, get rid or not to have the, uh, the urine to interfere with the daven, with the Shema, you have to do something about it. You have to cover it with water. And we'll see that Rabbi Nachman, uh, Rabbi Nachman has a similar idea. Rabbi Nachman says over there that if you put the first in the clean water, you put in non, you know, non, non-urine water, you put in regular water in there, even if you put a little bit of water that clean water becomes the owner of that space, of that ovit. Ovit is called that place where they used to use. And that becomes the owner of that place, and therefore you can add a little bit of water at a time. That's going to be Rabbi Nachman's opinion, as, we see, as opposed to Rabbi Yisrael. But let me just say, it's a detailed, let's look inside. Mokr v'dugma l'hazbara hanal, a source and also an example for the above-mentioned explanation. That Shadab Yosef and Rab Nachman Pligi. What is the disagreement between Rab Yosef and Rab Nachman by their views, uh, which it's expressed by saying, Rab Yosef said, Leitisna Anovo Dika No, and Rab Nachman saying, Leitisna Yereshe Dika Ano, so what did, the Rebbe explained, what is Machloikis? What is the disagreement? Im limud ha-Torah, does the study of Torah, balderech zeh, 
Kisri Haroishu Tefillah. The same thing is the covering of the head and one's prayer that the, the Kaldoi, the mother told him he should pray, that he shouldn't turn out to be uh, should have shouldn't, shouldn't turn out to be a, 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 a thief, but he should have Aims of the Shemaya, that he should have fear of heaven. So this you're using the study of Torah, you're using the cover, using external things. Does that use of external ways, poil shinui ba'odom, does that make the person a change in the person? Which means lechet, so that he doesn't uh, have any more connection to chet. Rabbi Nachman said yes. That's why Rabbi Yosef can't be an honor because he's not chet because it changed him. His Torah study made him into a yurei chet, and that's why he thinks that he is a yurei chet. Why? Because even though it's coming because of outside forces, because of davening and because of wearing the yamaka, he still considers that that is a change in the person. On the other hand, Oisharak, Moneyu Matzim or we're going to say that the study of Torah that Rabbi Yosef holds, the study of Torah only prevented him from a chait, only prevented him and helped him become, but it didn't change him. So he can't get credit for that. Or And it saves him from any action that is negative. That would be, Rabbi Nachman would be doing negative things. But how did he stop it? Through prayer, through the yamaka, through the covering of the head. That's not considered a change in him. He's not, that's why he didn't call him a Yerechet. So, so we find it in Mesech Tabrachas. This is like a totally diversion from what we were discussing over here, just to bring sort of a proof to this idea, okay? So we should take it in context and not allow to confuse the whole Sikha. This is just like a standalone piece to show this idea of Rav Nachman, Rav Yosef Rav Nachman. So it says over there like this in the Gemara Brachas. It is prohibited to read the Shema in front of Meiraglaim. So you have to put water in there to dissolve it in order to be able to say the Shema. And again, in the olden days, it was an issue. They had this, this they only had one room over there, maybe. You know, they didn't have where to go. So, so how much water do you have to put in there in order to basically clear it from the Meraglaim to be okay. So there's a plukta de Rab Nachman de Rab Yosef de Pirusha Braise. So in that Braise there is a disagreement between Rab Nachman and Rab Yosef. How to explain that Braise. And more specifically over there the view of Rabbi Zakai over there. Rab Nachman Soiver, Rab Nachman holds Shabi'im HaKeli if the bucket, he makes a distinction between whether it already has it and then you're putting in water or the water came first. You need much less water if the water came first, according to Rabbi Nachman. So he says like this, if the uh, vessel already has the meraglayim 
and then you're coming to add water to it. So us, so then again, this is the of Zakai, they're, they're explaining the people of Zakai. Then you need a full revise in order to dissolve and to rid of the Meraglaim so that you can do the Shema over there. But when you're starting out, which means what? That you had water in that bucket first. That the water came before the Meraglaim. So then, they can be nullified in any amount of water. Basically, what happens is you have even a little bit of water in there, and then it will dissolve and nullify the metag line that follow. And the reason is, because the first, the first, as soon as it goes in, it's nullified, and that becomes part of the nullification, and therefore, we don't need a whole revise. It's sufficient, any amount. That's the opinion of Nachman. So according to Rav Nachman, there's a difference. If the water proceeds first, then a little bit is enough. If the Meraglaim proceeds first, then you need a revise. But Rabbi Yisuf holds it doesn't make a difference. He says you always need a revise. Rabbi Yisuf Sovar, again, that's the opinion that they're disagreeing. Over there, Gam Bitchilo, also in the beginning, you need a revius mayim. Doesn't matter in the beginning or later on. You always need a revius mayim in that bucket, and then you're mavatl. The Gemara continues. He actually did. He demonstrated a case. In other words, he didn't just say an opinion. He did so. Rabbi Yisuf said to his attendant, "I see the revius of the mayim." The Maya, bring me a revise of water. Kirabzaka, like the view of Rabzaka in that Braise. Afilu Bitchilo. This was in the beginning because he wanted to use it and he put a revise. So the Rebbe says, we can say, Shapluktos Rab Nachman Rab Yosef. That this disagreement with Nachman Rab Yosef. Im Bitchilo Tzorich Lerevis Mayim Levatlas Ameraglaim. This machloik is whether. Even in the beginning, you need the Revius Mayim to nullify the Meraglayim, which you need according to Rabbi Yosef and according to the Nachman, we don't need. He plucked a Klolis, that is a general disagreement, in the way of ownership. And the act of purity and holiness in the place where they are found. So when you have something holy, something kedusha, you have something clean, you have clean water, what is the status of that clean water that there over there? The question is, does the presence, the quality that we have clean water, does that already make it an established, we don't have a quantity, we don't have a revise, we just have a quality, we have clean. Not a lot of clean, but we have clean. Whether the quality itself, does that impact and does that acquire the place? The view of Nachman is if you have clean water, even there's just a drop, you can already acquire it. Which means, they place the Nasim Kavua boy. 
even though there's just a little bit, they became permanent there. And therefore, anytime you put a little bit, it's nullified, because that's a place of what? Place of clean water. Even though it was a drop, it's still, the first, the first becomes bottled. But it's different. When you're coming to the Medaglaim, because they're first, then you don't have permanence over there. Then you need subjugation to nullify it. You need to Take it away, then you need quantity. Quality alone is not sufficient. We need sheer revis, we need an amount of revis. As opposed to the opinion of Rabbi Yosef, he doesn't hold that quality alone, just a little bit of water, can acquire the place. And therefore, we need quantity right in the beginning in order to change it around. So the Rebbe says, The similar is also in our case. To save somebody from sin that comes as a result from the study of Torah. Which is Rabbi Yosef's. Or from covering the head and davening, which is what Rabbi Nachman brought him to stay away from sin. According to the view of Rav Nachman, limud nikva. The study of Torah becomes set in the person that learns it. He is the one that is changed. It's a credit to the person that was changed. It makes the person a space of Torah, the Kamo Kama bottle. And any time the Yitzhahara comes to that space, he's bottle. The person is a changed person. It's a place of Torah. This is the nature of the Yitzhahara. He goes slowly but surely. So any time the Yitzhahara comes to you, you are nullifying it with the fact of Limudat Torah. Bottle, and even when this is no longer there, it's bottle, uh, then you're not going to have anything against uh, sin. And therefore, Rabbi Yosef, in Rabbi Nachman's eyes, actually achieved that greatness. And Rabbi Yosef, on the other hand, he, his view is that it's the Torah that protects you from doing the sin, and it's not that you get the credit for it, and therefore Rabbi Yosef uh, thinks of himself as an onov, and therefore Rabbi Yosef thinks of Rabbi Nachman not as a yireichet, because it's the Kisuroish that did it for him. This is the Rebbe's uh, end with that, but we'll move on. So, basically we're saying, Rabbi Yosef doesn't give any credit to himself, right? That's what we're saying. Rabbi Yosef says, it's not me, it's the Torah. And the Torah is something that the Ebishter gets credit for. And if somebody had the ability of my learning Torah, he would be the same category as me. 
But according to Rab Nachman, Rab Nachman thinks that Rabbi Yosef could take credit, right? And that's why he doesn't call him an onov because since he could take credit, how could it be an onov? But we have a problem then with Rab Nachman because what about these people who really get all these credit? How could they be onov? So while Rab Nachman says that Rabbi Yosef can't be an onov, why? Because he had this level of fear of sin because of the Torah that he learned. But certainly, what about Rabbi Yehuda Nasi? He says, Mishemes Rabbi, the, 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 the Mishnah says, there is no longer Yerashet, right? But according to the view of Nachman, there is Yerashet. Why? Because it's a change in the person. And, uh, and, 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 and therefore, no, no, so how could, how could Rebbe be uh, an onov? How could, how could Rebbe be an onov? How could Moshe Rabbeinu be an onov? Since their qualities that they, uh, that they had, the Yerushchet, that Rebbe had, and the Yerushchet that Moshe Rabbeinu had, those were great qualities that they actually owned. They deserved that. And according to Rabbi Nachman, why did he say that Rabbi Yosef is not an onov? Because Rabbi Yosef couldn't be an onov. Because how would he be an onov when he has such great qualities? And we explained already that an onov doesn't mean that he's kidding himself, that he not, but he knows that somebody else would be greater than him. But in situations where the person worked for it, according to Rabbi Nachman, we can't call him an onov. So how could Rebbe be an onov? How could that Moshe? Aval Abizer. Let's look in Ches. Abizer Tzorich Lavim. We need to understand. Ledas Rab Nachman. Shatoyra Peelus Shinu Beodim Halimdo. According to the view of Rab Nachman, that the Torah makes impact a change in the person that learns it, meaning he gets credit. Sheinu Shaych Lechet that he's not connected to sin. That means that it's through the Torah that he learned, made the person into a greater person. That comes, that part comes because of his work. So how is it possible for Rebbe to be onof? Who received Torah Messina. In other words, we're saying that to be an onof means that you don't have a quality, but this is Something that he believes that it is colored. Imkain, Echoy Efshel Rebbe Lee's Onov, how could Rebbe be an Onov? Balachas Kamu Kamamoshe Shekibul Torah Misinai. He is the one that received the Torah from Sinai. And the Torah is called on the name of Moshe Rabbeinu. But the Torah. Impacted them. There was a change. There was something new. They were different people. So there was, there was great people. They were actually great. You can't say that they didn't change. Giving the credit to, oh, the, they got they got powers. Yeah, they got powers. But they used those powers to become changed. How could we say that? The Rebbe is going to explain the Ristaka a different another level of anova, which is beyond calculation. The Rebbe is going to use the terms first of Hasidus, saying that another can be beyond intellect and below intellect, which basically means in the spheres 
which means sometimes people are just simply not because of any consideration or calculation, but just because they are inherently an honor. Can say the explanation is the Hine Mevuer, where it's explained. Over there, there's the Machloikas that quoted earlier between Rapinchas ben Yoyer of Yerushuv and Levi. Is humility a lower level of Yerushuv? Or Anova is greater even than Yerushuv? And he answers over there, he says, There is several kinds of anova. Anova The humility that brings a person to Yerushchet, the lower level, where Yerushchet is higher, that's the level of Bina. But the level of anova, which is higher than everything, is in the level of Keser. To use a very a simp- a simpler uh, language, anova shebebchinas bino he anova shall pi cheshbon v'tam. Anova humility, which is in the level of bino, is anova a humility in bino, meaning there is a calculated and a reasonable reason why a person is an anov. In other words, he figures. Explained earlier the Anova by Moshe Rabbi Yosef, because he think he thought if the other person had his powers, his uh, capabilities, his talents, then he would have given a higher level. That's a calculated reason why the person is humble. That's the level of Bina. But then that is a humility and a subjugation essence. It's not based on any consideration or calculation. It's just a person who is humble. And we bring a proof and test. The Ebershter is also considered to be an Onov. That's not based on calculation. A proof to the above that there is this concept of anova in essence, which is beyond cal- calculation and beyond reason, beyond the intellect. We find humility with regards to Kodesh Baruch Hu. The Omer Razal, our sages tell us, that in the place where you find God's greatness, you also find His humility. So we're talking about a humility of Hashem. For sure, we can't say a calculate, no calculation. So that means there's a level of anova on a higher. That there is such a humility as is without any calculation at all. You don't have to figure anything out. That's another in essence. 
as similar to Morim Kodish Eshkoin, Vezdaki Ushval Ruach. It says that Hashem says, I am resting high up, Morim, and holy, but Vezdaki Ushval Ruach, but I am with the one who is subdued and humble of spirit, a low of spirit. The Imeyos Sheloi Nimtsoshumaila. Even though there is no advantage in the one who is low uh, of spirit and uh, suppressed, relative to the one who is exalted and holy. So what's the connection? But still Hashem wants to rest. He wants to go in the one who is that's where the Ebishter wants to be. So, you see, this is similar to the idea of Anova. Wants to be, not because of any calculation. Because if it was a calculation, there would be some sort of an advantage in the Dakesh Valruach. But the Ebishter, there's no calculation. The Dakesh Valruach, there's no advantage there. But this is just an essence of Anova that the Ebishter wants to be down in the lower place. Similar, the advantage of humility was Moshe Rabbeinu. The noise of Amasha Chosha, in addition to what he considered. That if another person had his power and his talents, he would reach a higher level. That's in addition to that, because that is Shanovazu, he beshaychis lemailus shegi alehen al yidei. That humility is as it pertains, as it's connected to those advantages that he reached through service. After he was been given those powers and those talents from above, that's a humility which is based on calculation and reason. But he so that part of it, greatness that he reached. But the Rebbe asked right in the beginning. But nobody stood up in the Novi. This was not something that you can figure out. So notwithstanding that he had the mile of Nevuah, that came because he was an onov in his essence. And he was just subjugated for everyone, as the Rebbe said before, the level of Kesser, beyond. The Rebbe brought the example from the Eberster Zanova. That is, a, there's another level. So there's one level of Anova to achieving greatness, where you have come to, can come to a calculated decision, but there's another Anova, which you are different, but still, uh, you don't, uh, give yourself, you're still humble about that as well. That it's specifically through study of the Talmud Babli, then you can reach higher than Hishtal 
So, the Babylonian Talmud, through the depth and to the give and take, brings you up to a level of Hayadinshtauslis. The Rebbe is uh, pointing to the Maimorim here, which they discuss this. And um, so based on that, we can say, that this agreement between Rabbi Yosef Nachman, whether humility has ceased, stopped after Rabbi died, passed away, he Mishnah. So what they're actually arguing is to try to figure out what the Mishnah means when it says Shemes Rabbi Botla Nova. What does it mean when it says that when Rabbi died, another one? What kind of another were we talking about? Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Yosef was a Sinai, which was the Seder Halimud Yerushalmi, the order Yerushalmi, as the Rebbe has brought down earlier in the Sicha. He was more like the Yerushalmi style. Svirlei Shekavonas Hamishna, that what the Mishnah means is Betpatle Anovo Hilibchinas Anovo Shemitzata Cheshvin. That was the Anovo that was because of the calculation, the Bchinas. Bina, of the level of Bina. A calculated Anova, that's why he said, don't learn Anova because there is I. Because he also had that level of Anova, of a calculated Anova, to see that he wasn't greater because of, of anyone else. Notwithstanding that he was also a Rechet. And, but that didn't he didn't talk about that. We didn't talk about the level of the higher level of Nova. We're talking about can somebody consider humility Anova in a calculated way? He said yes, that he can. But Rab Nachman, as quoted earlier, he was Nachside Babel. So he goes like the Babel, this is talking about the Anova that's Kesed, that was bottle. Bittel Be'etzem, a real true Bittel. And he says, that level of Bittel, that was Bittel Rabbi. He didn't think uh, that Bittel Be'etzem is anything, and therefore he didn't think that Rabbi Yosef has the Bittel Be'etzem. He says when he is Bittel, he has a calculated Bittel, but not Bittel Be'etzem. That was but once Rabbi died. That's why he says on the only But anova, that kind of anova that doesn't exist anymore. And um, since um, I was going to say Rabbi Yosef, he, he thought that he was an anov, but uh, not on the anov on the level that the mission is talking about. So therefore, he says, only Yiroschei Dikano, but not. This is Mesicha Shabbos Parshas Nosei Tovshin Lamed Beis.